Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. So the gospel that we have this morning, we hear Jesus teaching his disciples, teaching us about prayer, which is so important. This is so important. I want you to listen in. This is, this is absolutely critical. Someone said this to me one time and it changed my life, that prayer is not something that will help your relationship with God. Does that sound weird? Yeah, because prayer is your relationship with God. Prayer is not something that's going to help your relationship with God. Prayer is your relationship with God. In other words, if you don't have a prayer life, if you're not praying, if you don't have a conversation with God, guess who you don't have a relationship with? God. Prayer is your relationship with God. So what Jesus is saying in this gospel, he's teaching his disciples about prayer. We ought to pay attention to this. This is critical for you and me to understand. We need to pay attention and hone in on what he's saying. And the first thing that he says, he's saying, don't babble like the pagans. In other words, he's saying, don't just think because you're saying a lot of words that you're actually praying. Here's the thing. Most of us, when we're little, we are taught to say our prayers. Like, what's, what's one of the prayers that you were taught to pray as a little kid? What's one of the prayers? I'm talking to you, Karen. Um, Hail Mary. The Hail Mary. What's another one uh, right here? The Our Father. Give me another one. The Glory Be. Someone give me one more. The Act of Contrition. These are memorized prayers. These are good prayers. Right? These are beautiful prayers, important prayers, significant prayers. But they're words that we are saying like reading lines on a script. Now, let me ask you this. When you talk to your friends, are you having, when you have a conversation with them, are you saying to them memorized words, lines on a script, or are you having like a dialogue? A dialogue, right? You're sharing heart to heart. This is the difference. Listen, this is the difference between saying your prayers and praying. There's a big difference. At a certain point, guys, we need to start learning how to pray, which is another way of saying we need to start learning how to have a dialogue with a person. And I know this might seem kind of contradictory because then Jesus says, when you pray, say the Our Father. Say this memorized prayer. But here's the thing, if we pay attention, if we actually zone in on, hone in on the Our Father, like everything we need to know about prayer is actually contained in the Our Father. This whole week, you heard me preach it this morning, this whole week, Jesus is inviting us to put out into the deep. deep. Say deep. Deep. Put out into the deep. This whole week he's inviting us to put out into the deep. So what I want to do is I want to like walk through... The our, well, I'm not even going to do the whole Our Father. I'm going to do the first two words of the Our Father, which is... Okay, very good. I want to make sure we're paying attention. We're going to walk through just the first two words of the Our Father, and I want, just, I want us to see just quite simply how deep these two words are, how deep this prayer is, how deep it's taking us into relationship with God. We could actually take the entire day, we could take a lifetime reflecting on this prayer by itself. This is the prayer that Jesus taught us. Everything is contained in this prayer. Let's start with this. Have you ever noticed that during the Mass, right before we pray the Our Father, the priest says from the Missal, he says, at the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father who art in heaven, blah, 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 blah. Okay. 
Have you ever noticed those lines that the priest says, at the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say? We dare, we, what do you mean we dare to say? Like, what does that even mean? What, like, what could that possibly mean that we dare to say our Father? Listen to this. Think about this. It is a crazy thing, actually, that we get to call God our Father. There's no other world religion that refers to God as Father. Our Jewish brothers and sisters, they, out of which Christianity came, our Jewish brothers and sisters do not refer to God as Father. Like, think about in the Old Testament, when God is revealing himself to Moses. Remember the story with Moses, right? Moses, who was the prince of Egypt, leaves Egypt, goes into the desert, then he's tending the flock, he's tending the sheep, and he sees a bush on fire, but it wasn't consumed. Raise your hand if you remember the story. Yes, you're with me? Okay. This, the, the, the voice of the Lord begins speaking to Moses out of the bush and says, Moses, 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 come no near. For the place on which you stand is holy ground. He says, take the sandals off your feet. And he has this whole conversation with God speaking out of this bush. And he says, unto my people in Egypt, I will send you to deliver them. And Moses says, if I go to them and I say, who sent me? What, what is your name? Who should I say sent me? And God responds out of the bush, I am who I am. Does that seem like kind of an odd answer? Yes or yes? Yes. yes. It seems kind of like an odd answer. It's a very like God kind of response. I am who am. And you want to know what it sounds like in Hebrew? Yes. Yes. Aye. Say aye. Asher. Aye. Aye. Asher. Aye. That's God's name in Hebrew. Aye. Asher. Aye. I am who am. I am that I am. Notice that God doesn't say, tell them your father sends you. He didn't reveal himself as father. Like the people weren't ready yet to know that God is father. Or think about, I mean, even our like Muslim brothers and sisters, they do not think of God as father. This idea of God as father is a completely original Christian revelation. For our Muslim brothers and sisters, God is not father. God is master. God is he is master, we are the slaves. That's what the word Islam even means. It's the way of enslavement, the way of slavery. It's a very different conception. So this idea that we have the audacity to call God Father, this is what we're saying. Because of Jesus, it's because of Jesus that we call God Father. We would never have thought of this on our own. Jesus is the one who revealed that God is a Father. He's the, he's the one who revealed that God's heart is the heart of Abba. That's the Hebrew word for dad, for daddy. Like in God's heart, there is this tenderness. And then because of Jesus, because of the sacraments, because of in particular the sacrament of baptism, we have been adopted into God's family. This is one of the effects of baptism. You become an adopted son or daughter of the most high God. This is crazy. That because, because you're born human does not mean you're a child of God. You're a creature, sure, beloved, but you're not yet a child of God. It's baptism that makes you a child of God. It's baptism that gives us the, the, the capacity to call God our Father. This is the amazing revelation. Like, and this is why we start every single Mass. How do we start every single Mass? In the name of the? And of the? And of the? We're reminding ourselves of the Trinity. You are baptized in the name of the Trinity. Like, that's the new name you got at your baptism. That's the new identity. That's the new family that you belong to. When we start every Mass, we are reminding ourselves who we are. We're reminding ourselves whose we are. 
So uh, let's just back up and do this. Like, what, the, what does it mean that God is our Father? I want you to just, like, I know some of us are tired. But I just want you to hone in on this. Listen. It means this, that God is the answer to the question of where do I come from? God is the answer to the question of where do I come from? Like, you are part of God's dream for the world. Like the same God who made the beauty, the beauty of creation said, I want, cre creation is lacking because it doesn't have you yet. You are part of God's dream for the world. To say that God is father is to say like, he is my protector. He's my provider. Like that's what dads do, isn't it? They protect, they provide, they answer the question, who am I? Where do I come from? And this God, he's not this distant force who's so far away that he just couldn't be bothered with you. He's a good father who is attentive to you. Look, I just want to get real real with you for a second. Like, I know some of us here, there's a whole spectrum of our relationships with our dads. Maybe some of you have dads that are awesome, and you have an amazing relationship with your dad. And your dad's really attentive to you. Like he notices when you've had a bad day. And he presses in, he asks questions. Like you are used to hearing your dad say that you're beautiful and that you matter. Or you're used to your dad saying to you, like, I believe in you. Like you have what it takes. You have an awesome dad, some of you, but some of you don't. Maybe you've got a dad who's always gone, always traveling. Or a dad who's emotionally distant, a dad who... Like, you wonder if you even notices that you're there. We all have different experiences of a father. But the reality is, every single one of us have a perfect father. Like, the father, he's perfectly attentive to you. Like, he's never too busy to deal with your stuff. He's never too busy to ask what's going on in your life. And let's just be clear about who, like, who we're talking about. Like this God that we're talking about, this God who's revealed himself as father, this God, like whatever your image is of God, it's, it's not big enough. Whatever your image is of God, it's, it's wrong. I'm not saying that to insult. I'm just telling you it's wrong. This is why it's wrong. So about a few, three years ago, I was praying through Genesis, the beginning chapters of Genesis. There's a line in Genesis, chapter 1, verse 16, that I want to share that changed my life. Genesis 1:16, we hear this. It says, God's talking about creation. Genesis is talking about creation. It says, God made the two great lights, the greater light to govern the day, which is the sun, and the lesser light to govern the night, which is the moon. Okay, now listen. I want you to imagine this. Then there's a semicolon in the text, and then the author of Genesis says this, and he made the stars also. Pause. Have you ever wondered how many stars there are? Okay, let's just start with this. In our visible universe, in our visible universe, let's just start with our galaxy. There's somewhere in the ballpark of 300 billion stars in our one galaxy. Anybody know how many galaxies there are? 
They don't know is the answer. You know what they estimate? Somewhere close to 400 billion. Anybody feeling like, uh, what is that? Yeah, Joey back there. Yeah, Joey's brains are falling out. He's having a seizure back there. He's, he's freaking out. None of us knows what these numbers mean. Here, let's try, I'm going to help you try and understand what these numbers mean. Okay? You want to know what these numbers mean? Okay. Think about the sun. We all miss the sun today, don't we? We want some sun? Yeah, we're going to pray for the sun. Okay, it's up there somewhere. Okay, our sun is like a medium-ish sized star. Okay? Inside of our sun, you ready for this? Barrett, you ready for this? Inside our sun, you can fit 986,000 Earths. Can you know the planet that we're all on right now? The planet where everything has ever happened that you know that's happened? Like 986,000 of those can fit into the sun. Okay, that's a lot of Earths. Do you know the biggest star that astronomers have found, they named it Canis Majoris. It means big dog. It's a great name, the big dog. Inside of Canis Majoris, you ready for this? How many Earths they can fit? Anyone want to take a guess? How many? 400 billion? 400 billion, not even close. Not even close. Seven quadrillion Earths in this one star. Okay, now this is what I know you're asking. What is a quadri like what is a quadrillion? Here, we're going to wrap our head around what how big these numbers are. If you want to count to a million, if you want to know how long ago a million seconds ago was. Anyone want to take a guess a million seconds ago? I wasn't born then. A million seconds ago, how long do you think it was? Close. 11 days ago. 11 days ago is about 11 and a half days ago, a million seconds ago. Let's jump up to a billion. How many years ago, days ago, is a billion seconds ago? No, that's like a million. Michael Joseph, how many seconds ago is a billion seconds ago? A million, 11 How many? 44 years? Try 13,000 years. Let's go with trillion. Let's go with a trillion years ago. How long ago is a trillion years ago? I'm just going to tell you. 31,000 years ago, a trillion years ago. Okay, one quadrillion years ago, seconds ago, one quadrillion seconds ago, 31 million years. Okay, into this one star, listen, listen, listen. Why don't you try and wrap your head around this? Into this one star, they can fit seven quadrillion Earths. And this is a God, I love, uh, I think it was Wednesday, no, Tuesday, Father David in his talk, he used the phrase, he was talking about God, he said, this God who is a star breather. I love that, I love that, I love that so much. This God who makes the sun, makes the moon, and then just makes the stars also. Like, do you know what that God cares about more than anything? No. Not us. You, what is, what is your name? Cole. Cole. Cole, listen. God is not looking at earth thinking about humanity. Cole, no, God is thinking about Cole. Like the God who makes the sun, makes the moon, makes the stars, makes the star that's so big, seven quadrillion earths can fit in it. He's thinking about Cole. This is what I want us to see, that like, this is the God who's our father, which means that your life is in his hand. Which means that you don't have to freak out. He's got you. 
And even more than that, because of Jesus, you and I, we have access to him. Jesus has given access to him. He's saying that when you pray, that my, my father, your father listens to you. He's attentive to you. He cares about you. You think, okay, like, I, I, I'm worried about this test today. Like, could God possibly care about that? He's worrying about making supernovas. He cares about your test. He cares about your fever. He cares about your hangnail. He cares about your family. He cares about your, your hopes, your dreams, your desires. He cares about you. So when we say, like, our Father, like, this is what we need to get our heads wrapped around. This is who we're talking about. The God who's the, the star breather cares about you. Let's take a, a few seconds of the silence of our hearts. Let's close our eyes and try as best we can to receive the unbelievable truth that's contained in those first two words. That we have the audacity to call upon God as our Father.